If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 207. This is our 2022 Mexico Open plus Catalonia Championship Tips Tips Podcast. Paul Williams and Barry O'Hanrahan join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss this week's PGA and DP World Tour action plus betting selections. Good morning, gents. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more info. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world famous golf betting system website with our in-depth betting previews, tournament strokes gained analysis, tournament form statistics, and our predictive models. All of these features, like this podcast, are completely free of charge with no paywall. On Twitter, Barry is at a good talk golf. But Paul is at, at Golf Betting. I am at Bamford Golf. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. Link is available in the description box. Plus, look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. Please subscribe and like the shows. Yesterday's Mexico Open Show is there and waiting for you. Now, you guys as listeners power this podcast, so we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. I've got a couple here, boys. So, first one, five stars. Greetings is the title. I've started my Tuesday mornings for a couple of years now hearing Steve's greetings. Great way to start out my DFS week of study. Super grateful for all the work you guys put in. The hour... Majors pods are the best as well. Keep it up. That's from Carter in Pennsylvania, United States. Thanks for that, Carter. Uh, number two. This is from uh, this is from Rab W twenty one. He's actually uh, his name is Zach, and he's from County Antrim. Top notch podcast for golf betters. This is the best golfing podcast that there is. Top class. Golfing knowledge and the website is incredibly useful and should be used by all golf punters. Can I please ask how you guys all met and do you bet on any other sports? So how did we meet then, chaps? Zach wants to know in County Antrim. I think I stalked you down when I was doing a good talk spoiled. We needed somebody who knew what they were talking about for the major shows and I asked you very sheepishly if you would be interested in coming onto the podcast and uh, dropping some knowledge. <laughs> and then we did how, many, yeah. how many people did you ask before you asked Steve then, if you wanted someone who knew what they were talking about? No comment. <laughs> um, I think that was it, Steve, yeah? which just a yeah. little bit of back and forth and just chatting over golf. That was it, just honestly just talking about golf and uh, off it went. Those mm. were the days when I used to put up Jason Day at the Masters every year and he'd finish second. Yep. <laughs> you won't be surprised to hear that. Yeah, Ricky Fowler. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, Ricky Fowler, of course. Yeah. Steve and I used to work together years ago, didn't we, in our 
days of corporate hell and uh, both managed to cool. escape and, uh, and and do what we're doing now, which was um, uh, a breath of fresh air, shall we say, compared to... The, we used to have proper before. jobs, didn't we, Paul? <laughs> Once upon a time, yeah. Once upon a time. In terms of betting on other stuff, um, personally, football, uh, horse racing a little bit. Um, that's probably the extent of it. I know you like a bit of your um, MMA, Steve, don't you? I do like UFC. I bet on that a lot. Um, I also had a, a little bet on the boxing at the weekend. Mm. Uh, but I didn't. I, I had a bet on Tyson Fury because that was obvious, but there was also one on the undercard that I got at odds against. Uh, a guy called Ball from Liverpool. Only because I... I um, I listen to the Fight Disciples podcast. So this is it. it. I just, I don't bet on football a lot these days, has to be said. And I sometimes have a bet on the horse racing, but again, not overly knowledgeable. Although, is it the Punchestown Festival starts today? Yeah, there's some... Uh, Four-day meeting. Good racing. Yeah, very good racing. It's got 2,000 guineas on Saturday. So, yeah. What about you, Barry? What do you, do you Any other sports that you bet on? Honestly, they'd be like sporadic bets, random bets. I, I could mm. put it through a couple of round winning bets on Fury on the on Saturday night, and I clicked one of them in round six, which was. A, but they're just yeah, they're spur of the moment things. Golf, yeah. golf would be my thing, um, and I wouldn't. I don't necessarily class it as gambling, but po- poker would be another thing that I would bet on if I was you know playing. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah, golf. Try to bet on things that I think I know about, <laughs> so I could stay away from, <laughs> or or maybe aren't so um, unpredictable. But golf is about like the le- the least predictable sport in the world. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah, just for the, just for fun, and the most frustrating. Since our yeah, since our last podcast, I've missed out on Jordan Spieth, which um, that beat me up last week because um, I was on him at the Masters the week before. Yeah. Um, last week you had a couple in the mix, didn't you, in your event, and then they completely fell away. Well, one of them did, Rasmus. Um, yeah. Pablo Larazabal's turned into a stone cold killer on the DP World Tour, and then we, of course, the the worst one of the lot, especially for those of us who have invested many, many pounds and euro on Xander over his three and a quarter year non-PGA Tour winning uh, process, he then goes and, of course, wins the team event with his best mate, Patrick Cantlay, at 8-1. to one. <laughs> So there, you, get these, you get these little spells, don't you, where it's like, oh, the, the, you know, it's just, oh, you couldn't, you couldn't write this stuff, really. There's your money back on Xander from all those lost weeks of backing him at 16s to 22 to 1. That, Steve, if you don't back Sander, you can't be disappointed when he wins at eight to one. So I, know. I wasn't I, disappointed. I, to yeah. be fair, I couldn't give a I couldn't give a scoobies about that event whatsoever. It's just extra work that you have to do because all of a sudden you're having to register the sort of data for about seventeen or twenty players rather than the top ten. Yeah, I but think then, I, I think I had one bet last week it was just a a long shot and just said I leave it at that. It's, how can you predict an event like that going? Hmm. Um. Yeah. So they need to make. They. Need, I don't know. There's something that needs to happen with that event. Like, yes, it's a fun idea, but like, there's 
and I'm, I read a lot on Twitter just saying make it a mixed event and it just seems to make all the sense in the world. Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't just doesn't really capture the imagination, particularly from a betting no. perspective. I, I'm, I'm with you guys. It's um, I, I didn't have a bet on it at all. I, I, I didn't touch it and uh, I, I rarely do. And um, yeah, it, it needs it needs a bit of a facelift, doesn't it? I, I understand that it's a regular... Oh, it's recognised PGA Tour win for the players, so so presumably Xander will be in the uh, tournament of champions next year as a result. Oh of yeah, his, of course, yeah, of yeah, his yeah, win. yeah. And he probably goes and wins a year exemption out of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of capturing the imagination from a punting perspective, no, I'd I'd, I'd much rather be looking at the uh, the events that are this week. To be honest, uh, with the regulation fields and uh, some juicier odds out there. Historically, at that Zurich as well, you get like thirteen teams finishing in T three. It's very, very strange. So even if you're backing them each way, you're getting all of your each way place chopped. Mm. It's it's a bizarre event. Anyway, thankfully that's in the rearview mirror. We have two decent events this week: the Catalonia Championship on the DP World Tour. Paul, we'll start with that. We we'll then move on to. The Mexico Open, which has been promoted from the Latino America and Corn Ferry Tours over the years. It's now a fully-fledged PGA Tour event. Before we just quickly move on to Catalonia, I just want to highlight in terms of the likely very best player odds this week, Bet365 are dominating on best golf prices right now. Looking at 2022 so far, Bet365 have been best price or equal best price on 82%. Yes, 82%. Of all PGA Tour and DP World Tour players, you have to say that's very impressive. So, for those of you wanting the best golf odds right now, we recommend Bet365. If you are 18 plus and do not have a Bet365 sports account, you can find details of their current Bet £10, get £50 in free bets, new customer promotion, plus a link through to that very offer, plus T's and C's in the podcast description. Have to say, they were first to show. Uh, for the Mexico Open this week, and there were some very, very strong prices. I think I saw Cameron Champ saying Cameron Champ that they, they marked him up straight away at seventy to one, and then William Hill came out at a hundred to one, which lasted for about thirty seconds. Because <laughs> <laughs> Cameron Champ should not be a hundred to one chance. Anyway, let's talk Catalonia Championship first, Paul. Mm, yeah, over to you. Yes, let's uh, let, let's go through that. Yeah, well, compared to last week, we're just heading to the other side of Barcelona. So we were in Tarragona last week. We're going to Girona this week, and uh, specifically to the PGA Catalunya Resorts um, for what is yet another new event for the uh, for the DP World Tour. It's a full field, 156 players, one of these regulation $2 million prize fund affairs, so um, not at the top tier of the DP World Tour um, by any stretch, but it's attracted a a fairly good field. And actually, it's, it's a very similar kind of field to uh, to last week um, in terms of the uh, in terms of those who are in attendance, a few additions, um, very similar betting board, in fact, to last week. Uh, Bernd Wiesberger and Rasmus Hogard, 25 to 1, the pair, also joined this week. They were the clear favourites last week. Also joined this week by last week's uh, winner, Pablo Larathabel. Um, Adrian Atay, who's playing some nice stuff as well. All of those, four of them at 25 to 1. 
uh, to win this week. Richard Bland's joins the field this week, 30 to 1. He's defending his British Open, or British Open, <laughs> British Masters title uh, next week over at the Belfry. Jordan Smith's also in addition to the field, 30 to 1. Uh, Adrian Moronk, 35 to 1. And then it's 40 to 1 bar those players. They're actually quite juicy odds this week all the way down the field because of the nature of the uh, 25 to 1 the field it's created quite an interesting market in my view Um, Coral and Abrooks this week leading the way in terms of each way prices they're both eight places each way one fifth of the odds which is the best that I've found out there so far Mm. so uh, do take a look if you want to uh, check the players that you are betting to make sure that they've not got best or similar prices at uh, longer each way terms the course this week stadium course pga catalunya it's one of two courses on the property the other one is the tour course which is a shorter affair and um, this one the stadium course is a 7353 yard par 72 uh, reading around it it was originally designed as europe's answer to tpc sawgrass apparently um, a bit of water in play, water in play on five of the holes, um, lots of trees, a tree line, dog legs, that kind of affair, classical kind of setup. Um, it was Spain's bid, actually, for the 2022 Ryder Cup venue, so um, you can tell it's going to be a, a, a very aesthetically pleasing course and uh, a high-quality one. Yeah, I think they've tried to get somewhere between Sawgrass and Augusta was kind of their, uh, kind of their mantra with it, so... Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what it looks like, but the pictures look really good. Um, as I say, tree-lined, watering plan, five holes. It's had a renovation recently to improve the irrigation, which will allow the course to get as firm as they want. They can control the uh, the firmness of the greens really quite uh, tightly now. So interesting to see how they choose to play it this week. Uh, there is some course form as well. Uh, Sarazen, o- Sarazen Open back in 1999 was played here at this stadium. Spanish Open 2000, 2009, 2014. And we've also had some Nordic events. Also Q School was played on a combination of the tour and the stadium course here um, between 2008 and 2016. Now, all of those results are spread across two different uh, stat sheets on the site this week. So for one, you'll find the Sarazen Open, the Spanish Open, the Nordic events, which were played on the on the stadium course. And of course, separately, we've got Q School results as well. So do take a look. Um, bear in mind that the Q School ones were played across two properties, but even so, it gives you a little bit of indication of those players who may uh, may have played well around these parts in the past or may well play well again this week. When they return to places that, uh, or to the to the place that they've performed well on in the past, the weather this week looks a little bit calmer than last week. Um, we shouldn't get the the winds that we saw last week. Temperatures in the mid seventies, sunny, generally around about five to ten miles an hour. So, you might get a little bit more on Friday afternoon by the looking at the forecast, but nothing excessive. Um, he says, and then it will probably end up blowing a hoolie. But um, that's what the forecast says at the moment. I think the main challenge this week will be the greens and the firmness of the greens. And um, if you can avoid the trouble off the tee, and there are, it is tree lined, um, you know, I wouldn't say it's encroaching. It's not quite a Valderrama, so I wouldn't put it into that category. But if you're pretty wild off the tee, then you're going to find tree trouble. Um, there is water in play. There are some semi-island greens out there as well. 
and to kind of give it that, uh, I guess to give it that uh, uh, sawgrass kind of feel in places as well. I'm expecting something like uh, mid-teens under par, maybe 14, 16, something like that. Um, I don't think it'll get excessive in terms of scoring, but equally I don't think it's going to be a pushover. Uh, there are some stats from the old Spanish Opens and that uh, Sarazen Open that will give us a clue this week. So if we go back in history, Miguel Angel Jimenez won here in 2014. He one in a playoff at four under par, particularly tough renewal that was that week with some wind. Thomas LeVay won in 2009. He shot 18 under, so you can see the difference that the conditions can make between the two events there, 18 under to four under. Brian Davis won in 2000 at 14 under. Thomas Bjorn won that Sarazen Open in 1999, the year before, at 15 under. So in normal conditions 15 14 18 i think that's the kind of number that we're going to be looking at this week somewhere in that region if you tie those four players together all of them hit over 70 percent of fairways um, on the week all of them were top 30 for driving distance and all of them generally had a strong all-round game levey led the field for greens and regulation that week um miguel angel Jimenez, he was um, right up there in terms of scrambling in tougher conditions so i think in general conditions it's going to be a tee to green affair. Um, hit your greens, avoid the trouble off the tee and uh, take your chances on these um, what are going to be firm and fast, I would assume, putting surfaces. Uh, what else? Well, being a par 72, uh, par 5 scoring is pretty critical. And actually, if you dig into those four winners that I've talked through, um, you can see that from their performances. Jimenez was six under for the par fives from his four under total. So um, he got all, all of his um, under par scoring and more from uh, from the par fives. LeVay was 14 under for his uh, his looks at the par fives on his winning total of 18 under. Davis was 12 under. Bjorn was 10 under. So you can't be a slouch on the par fives this week. Um, you need to be attacking those. And the best way to attack them, of course, is from the fairway um, on those longer holes. So... That's the kind of blueprint I'm looking for, I think. Um, Jimenez, Davis, Bjorn, all of them had top five finishes in one of their previous four starts as well. So some good incoming form. Um, also looks pretty essential um, if we're using those older events as some kind of uh, signal for this week. Um, LeVay was the odd one out, but he did have a couple of top 20 finishes in his, in his previous three starts. And that kind of hinted at some form. So, um, yeah, good incoming form. Um, I'm not sure you necessarily need to have sparkling form here from history. You know, a lot of players won't have played it or they'll have only played it once or twice from these sporadic events that have been there. But, um, but yeah, boiling it all down, good course management, I think. The dog legs go both ways this week. So I think if you can move it both ways, that's good. It's water in play, trees in play. So a bit more of a plotters, plotting plotters type course, I think, rather than just flagrant bombing this week. Score heavily on those par fives. Manage your way around the rest of the course. I think that's the that's the way that we're going to see it unfold this week. And maybe 15, 16 under, something like that. That could well be the um, that could well be the trick. Uh, I, there's still some unknowns, aren't there? I've been relatively cautious this week. I've only backed four. Um, I've led with Adrian Otegi this week, at twenty-five to one. I took him with uh, Betfred seven places each way. Uh, yesterday when I published my preview, actually it's still out there, there's prices similar to that still there right now on Tuesday morning. And of the leading contenders, 
Ategi for me, he holds the most appeal. If you look at Wiesberg, you look at Hogard, they're both pretty underwhelming last week. You alluded to Hogard before, Steve, and um, it was oh, him and Lucas Nemesh were in great positions, um, tied for fourth, heading into the final two rounds. And uh, Hogard produced the worst round of the day on um, on the third round, or at least he finished rock bottom of all those that had played the um, played the mm. weekend after the third round. Which um, from that position, you know, it could have gone either way. You could have expected him to be to lead to be leading the tournament. He was favourite at that point to win the tournament, heading into that third round, and then uh, absolutely capitulated. Which, uh, yeah, I don't know. Perhaps it's the weight of my money on him that's uh, <laughs> dragged him down as ever. But yeah, Facebook equally underwhelming. I think um, Pablo Larrathbell, one of the one of the favourites up there. I wonder if he will struggle to lift himself again um, immediately after winning. Um, he's in some great form, and uh, as you said before, he's turned into a bit of a stone cold killer on a Sunday of late, isn't he? But um, yeah, whether he can do it again this week, Richard Bland's defending next week, as I mentioned, so perhaps his mind will be more on that. Jordan Smith, uh, I just struggle to take Jordan Smith at that kind of price. He just rarely wins. He can get himself into the mix, but um, it just doesn't tend to get over the line. Adrian Otega, on the other hand, he's, uh, he's a three-time winner on tour. Uh, he also shared top spot here at the 2015 Q School um, with Ulrich van der Berg and Daniel Im. Do you remember Daniel Im? Yeah. Days gone by. Um, yeah, so there's three of them at the top. So he's got some good course for me. Actually, he was fifth the year before in Q School too. So, of course, that's a mix of the two courses. But he's shown some aptitude for for this setup and this um, this part of the world regardless. Decent form so far, 2022. Third at Razal Kaima, fifth in Qatar, second last week. And you've got to say, he was pretty unlucky to run into such a red-hot Pablo Larrathabel last week. But uh, perhaps with the, the Spanish celebrations after the event last week, there can be more Spanish, Spanish success this week in the shape of Adrian Otegi at 25s. I sincerely hope so. Uh, so Otegi's in. I've also backed Roman Langask at 50s. Um, there's a little bit of 50 to 1 left. He's, he's been tipped in a few places. So if you fancy Roman this week, then don't hang about because the prices are disappearing by the second. Um, he's had some decent results in 2022 without really troubling the bookies in terms of uh, each way payouts. Uh, 12th in Abu Dhabi, 18th in the Dubai Desert Classic, both of those. Rolex series events. Ninth at Peakenwood, eighth at Stain City. He was fifth at the halfway point in Qatar as well. So lots of kind of contend or semi-contending efforts so far in 2022 without really getting into those top positions. Missed the cut last week, but he shot 65 in round two. He'd left himself an absolute mammoth task. Shot 77 in the round one. Uh, 65 in round two, that should give him a little bit of hope, a little bit of confidence moving forward, I think. And for me, he's got the right kind of game for this. Um, strokes gain off the tee could well prove to be the right kind of approach for this. And he was 10th on that count um, for the full season last year on the DP World Tour. That's perfect for this, I think. And uh, I can really see him going well this week if he can avoid that absolute disaster in round one that we saw last time out. Uh, so Langask's in, also back Tom Lewis. I got a little bit of 100 to 1 yesterday, which I thought was a mad price on Tom Lewis. There's still some 80s out there, but I expect he'll go off somewhere in the 66 to 1 bracket. And uh, even so, I think for a player of his ability in this field, that's not a bad shout. Um, 
he's been trying his luck over in the Corn Ferry Tour to no avail really so far in 2022. He actually missed the cut five times on the trot over there, which uh, is not what he was looking for, of course. Returned to the DP World Tour last week. Um, top 10 finish. Perhaps that will spark some success and uh, some more regular form over on the DP World Tour if he, if he sticks over here for a period of time. Uh, twice a winner in uh, nearby Portugal over the years. Both of those wins actually followed the top 10 finish in the relative recent past. So he seems that kind of sparky player that once he finds a bit of form, finds a finds a decent mm. finish, can push on and, uh, and produce another or potentially a win. If you look at his 2019 Corn Ferry Tour Championship win as well, a few weeks prior to that, he'd finished 11th at the Open Championship. That was, you know, obviously in far greater uh, company than that win or indeed this week. So, um, again, one of those sparks you can just see in his timeline and then uh, a few weeks later goes on and wins. So perhaps last week's 10th place finish will just spark that um, that winning feeling, that contending feeling again, and he'll... He'll go on and have a big week this week. Um, a bit of bit of course form as well. 15th here at the Spanish Open back in 2014. 11th here in Q School in 2016. I, I do like his chances. I think there's far worse bets in that kind of higher mid-price range this week than Tom Lewis. Uh, finally, fourth fourth of four, um, Mike Lorenzo Vera. I backed him yesterday. Um, again, early price, 150s. Um, still a lot of three-figure prices out there for Mike Lorenzo Vera, and I think that's worth taking. He's never quite put it all together on the, on the DP World Tour yet. I think he's well capable. I think he's one of those players that it would surprise no one to see him actually get over the line, but just hasn't quite put a decent tee to green and putting week together. Um, to, to get over the line four times a runner-up since 2018 knocking on the door um, and I think eventually it will open I can't see him going through his career without getting one of the, one of, one of the wins at, or a win at this level long game stats last week look really good I, we've got to take all, all of last week's stats with a pinch of salt because they were all caddy collated but even so unless they were completely and utterly on the, on the head um, it looked like he had a really good week from tee to green and we know he can putt. I mean, when it, when he's when he's playing well, when he's putting well, he can really be very effective on the greens. So um, combine them two together, and hopefully he can have a good week. Uh, bit of Spanish form, sixth and second at Valderrama um, over the years. And again, I'm not saying I'm not saying this is as tight as Valderrama because it's not. But uh, if you've got some Spanish Valderrama form and uh, proven that you can get yourself around that track, then I think performing well here um, is is quite possible. Third at the Golf Nacional in the past as well. That ties in nicely with Thomas Levey and uh, Miguel Angel Jimenez. Both of those are winners at the Golf Nacional in the past. Decent record at Cran-Sorcière as well, which ties in with Jimenez and Bjorn. Bjorn's twice a winner at uh, Crans. I think, yeah, of, of the three-figure punts out there, I think Mike Lorenzo Vera is the best of the bunch. So he's my fourth of four. So just to recap, Lorenzo Vera, um, Tom Lewis... Roman Langasque and at the top, Adrian Atagi. Anyone catch your eye, Barry? Uh, I liked this. I loved Michael Lorenzo Vera. So when you uh, put him up, I didn't question it and just auto bet it. So mm. that's um, money quickly burned, which is nice. Uh, <laughs> the. I, <laughs> That was a bit vicious for a Tuesday morning. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Barry. <laughs> um, 
I just, I just I jumped into the predictor and just threw in a little a, a couple of little things there um approach birdies and par 5 performance and a couple of guys popped up towards the top that are reasonable odds Henny Duplessis and Oliver Becker um a few others at the top that showed there were Smith, Moronk, Armitage, Hurley Long so I just decided to grab du, Henny Duplessis and Oliver Becker not not yeah, too much not too much detail into it. Um, not overthinking not- it because I can get lost in the European tour or the DP World Tour. I have to get my branding correct. Uh, so yeah, a couple of quick simple ones and fire them off and on to the next. Mm. No, no, Duplessis's been playing some really good competitive golf, and uh, again, it's another one that you wouldn't be remotely surprised if he uh, if he managed to get one over the line sooner rather than later it's um yeah no i couldn't put your feet of those i don't think yeah help helps that they both had top 10s last week that was the trigger mm. point when it matched up to the the projector so yeah yeah no no all, all good what about you steve anyone uh anyone catch your eye weekend scoring last week cockerel was the lowest scorer mm. lorazabal third place how tong lee He's up 200 places so far this year. Yeah, it's, it's, it's massive improvement, isn't it? Massive improvement. 12th, I mean, listen to this. 12th at the Sony Open, which was a pretty loaded PGA Tour event to start of the year. Miscut, 32nd at Dubai. 3rd at Ras Al Khaimah Championship. 33rd at the Classic. Miscut at Corrales, PGA Tour. Sick last week. It was all putting last week. But uh, a lot of his play, clearly his driving's a lot better. His driving's really consistent. If he can just sort out the approach play a little bit. I mean, GIR was decent last week. It was just, and this is it. Can you can you trust after these strokes gain numbers? If they're being... I, 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 yeah, I'd, take, I'd take all of last week's strokes gain numbers with um, the biggest pinch of salt, to be honest, because they could be all over the place. But yeah, if, if you've got something that seems to marry up in terms of a, a style of play and a player, then um, you can probably mm-hmm. infer that that was quite accurate. But uh, not, well. not, notwithstanding that, he is playing well. He's playing far, far better than he, he had been. And uh, yeah, he was, I, I tend... he was playing in the President's Cup a couple of years ago. Yeah. Oh, no, he's, he he's collapsed like a pack of cards, but he's on the way back. Yeah, I personally I tend to prefer him on slightly more exposed um, layouts. But as you say, if he's doing a lot of the damage with the putter, then I don't know. You can afford to miss the odd one or two, can't you? If you're going to make it up, you know, mm. if, if Pablo Larrazbel, if he if he does contend this week, it won't be. I mean, it's unlikely to be from a sparkling long game. It's probably just going to be that he has an, another absolute, you know incredible week on the greens and um, whether you can continue to churn out weeks like that remains to be seen but um, he, you know he's putting at the top of his game at the moment Lee's putting has been really good this season mm. it's yeah. just if he can straighten the approach play a little bit even if he can get it sort of a stroke or stroke positive with the driving and the putting which has been great all year it could see him being right near the top of the leaderboard mm. I, I also think there's a play and we, we it, it, it came to fruition last week with Larazabal this PGA Championship qualifying mark, which tends to be around top 100 in the world. Yeah. He was outside of that. Now he's into the 80s, I think, on the OWGR. So he's going to be playing 
um, PGA Championship golf in a couple of weeks' time, which for someone of his ilk is a is a huge step forward, isn't it, for Larazabal to be playing in a major in America? Well, yeah, any of these guys who really get a sniff of a major, if they if they can get themselves into position to make it, it's mm. it's a huge motivator for them. Absolutely. Um, I'm just reading some names here off the OWGR. Um, your mate Rasmus at 109. Got Oliver Becker, who Barry's mentioned at 112. Ryan Fox, Cantor. Jordan Smith, Adrian Moronk. You know, a decent win this week or top two or something. They could be, you know, getting into that top 100. Yep. They could be jumping on a jet soon and going across to, um, I'm trying to remember where. Oh, it's over Oklahoma, isn't it? Mm. They're playing it over in Oklahoma this in a few weeks' time. So, yeah, that could be an area just to have, have a little look through. And then you could be getting onto the PGA Tour to play for seven point three million against a completely weakened field in Mexico. It's it, they're reaching deep down the list, aren't they? This week. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Uh, yes, is the uh, result. Is the answer to that? I've had to. I've had to change the. Um, uh, we we do um, stuff for YouTube, don't we? So, you know, um, we have a designer that pulls it all together. I've had to keep resubmitting artwork to him as players WD, which is always um, a complete waste of your time. I mean, the uh, the, the best one. We've segued on to the uh, Mexico Open list and so, listeners, so uh, let's crack on with that. Um, the best one, of course, was um, Daniel Berger. Yep. Who I saw one guy on our Facebook group. Oh, it's going to be Daniel Berger's week. It's the light, the stars of a line, fourteen to one. He's going to he he annihilates weakened fields, and then within thirty minutes he wd'd. <laughs> so that shows you how much Daniel Berger was really into going to Mexico this week. I don't know if he's injured. You just can't tell. This is after trouble. We're uh, in terms of scraping the bar- barrel, uh, Barry. We're now into Derek Ernst and Richard S. Johnson have been added to the field, as Kevin Chappell and Nick Hardy aren't going. So yeah, I said this off mic. If you were Grupo Salinas and you'd put ten million dollars into this event. I'm not sure it's the kind of PGA to a depth of field you'd be looking for. Put it that one. Yeah. But anyway, it's the Mexico Open. It's a national open. Now, this has been played for, uh, was it 60, 70 years? Something like that? Yeah, a lot of history. Loads of history. Um, some actual recognisable winners as well, if you go back. I mean, none of this is relevant in any way, shape or form. But I saw Troy Merritt had won it. Jamie Lovemark. Jamie Lovemark actually won a tournament, yeah, 2010, Mexico Open. Eric Compton, Lee Williams, your old mucker, Paul, Ted Purdy in 2013. <laughs> and then it became, and then it moved, um, or it, it transitioned across to the Latino America Tour. And we've got winners of the ilk of um, Oscar David Alvarez, uh, Sebastian Vasquez, Austin Smotherman, who's actually playing this week. Drew Nesbitt, Aussie. And uh, 2021 was Alvaro Ortiz. So that's Carlos's brother, who we have seen sporadically on the odd PGA Tour event. Uh, yeah, Grupo Salinas, they've thrown a lot of dollars at it. They were the company that got the WGC to go to Chapultepec across 17 to 20. And as part of their... Um, 
development and you know their business plan it's clearly building high-end golf courses and, and and pulling people into mexico into their resorts that way so they they've uh, brought the mexico open onto the pga tour um in in essence it's replacing the wgc which is no more the one that they used to play um in late february from memory that's yeah, that's no more isn't it that wgc mm-hmm. they go straight to the match play instead they're playing it at the golf course. Um, all of those previous winners, forget about them. Really, it was just for it was just really to pad out my preview. But um, none of them have played at this golf course, um, which is an interesting golf course. It's the Norman Signature Course. Don't mention it to the PGA Tour, but it's a Greg Norman design. Clearly, that won't go down well in current climate. Uh, it's in Puerta Vallarta, Mexico. Which well, is on Steve. the thank you the Pacific the Spanish. <laughs> the accent is amazing. <laughs> it's, it is. It's well as as we know. You know that's why people listen to the podcast. They they, <laughs> they, they tune in for my pronunciation. Come here, just to ch- chirp, just to come in quickly while we're at the courses just mentioned. Do you think the strength of field is a little bit weak? Do you think people would not come to this because it was a Greg Norman designed course, or is that stretching a little bit too far? It's just it's Mexico. They're just they don't want to travel. They take a week off rather than take a flight for a few hours. Just amusing. PGA, how do PGA Tour pros' minds work, Barry? I've I've never really understood. I mean, this event is a is a national open. Yeah. You've got a lot of good players playing some good golf at the moment. I mean, Brandon Grace isn't playing. I'd have been all over Brandon Grace this week. But a lot of them just seem to. Oh, I'll play another tournament and I'll miss the cut. They don't take opportunities. Now, this is an opportunity. You win this. It's a fully-fledged PGA Tour event. You're in the Masters field next year. You're mm-hmm. playing at Kapalua in January. I mean, it opens a lot of doors, and you, you see a field of this quality. I don't I don't really get it. I mean, you so have Next to, week, you... they're playing the Wells Fargo, but they're not playing that at Quail Hollow. That's being played at... Um, oh, brain fade. TPC Potomac, which is where Molinari won uh, just before he won the Open. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to take and a break then, sometime. Uh, we have the AT&T Byron Nelson uh, that they play in Texas. And then we're into the PGA Championship. So I don't know why this particular tournament has been kind of, this is the one off the list. I mean, there has been a lot of golf, but um, mm. I don't know. Couldn't answer your question. It looks like a great course, to be honest. Um, 7,456 yards. It's par 71. That's long. It's it bedecked in Paspalum. Full Paspalum golf course. It's a Greg Norman design. Um, 13 of the 18 holes have water hazards, and I mean significant water hazards. Now, this this golf course is within a kilometre of the Pacific shoreline, but none of the course is actually on the shoreline. It's a bit of a weird one. There's a river that comes in off the Pacific coast. Uh, I think a couple of the holes run parallel to the river. There's a there's a there's a section of the golf course that reminds me very much of um, Austin Country Club. So there's a couple of holes that run along the river, uh, and the rest of it's all kind of inland. It actually reminded me, looking at the photos, and it, it reminded me very much of a of a Florida style golf course, a bit like what they were playing last week with exposed water. So basically, Miss Fairway or Green in in the water kind of situation. Um, but yeah, it's guesswork, isn't it? I mean, I'm sitting in Hertfordshire. Um, I'm not on the uh, 
I'm not on the Pacific Coast. One thing I did keep reading: very wide fairways. And when it's seven, and when it's getting on for seven thousand five hundred yards and a par seventy-one, it did scream to me, bombers. Everything I read about the golf course, the, the greens look very. It's a resort, you know. This is a high-end resort where they're pulling in a lot of amateurs to play their golf, have a nice holiday. This isn't going to be a super tough golf course. There's no wind in the forecast, and apparently it's going to be 32 to 34 degrees across the whole week. So they're going to be watering the greens as if it's going out of fashion. I just think it's going to be target golf. But I do think, especially when two of the par fives are over 600 yards, and there are four par fours that are around about the 500-yard mark, I think the ability to have a long strokes gained off the tee kind of game will put you in better positions on the golf course, especially on the stretching holes. Two of those being par fives, the 6th and the 12th. I mean, the 12th 637 yards. Now, I know the ball will fly in the air forever because it's going to be 34 degrees. But for me... I just I the my gut feeling around all of this was a little bit of a little bit of pop off the tee would be an advantage when you're looking at fairways that are 40 yards wide. The other really cooler thing here got absolutely nothing to do with the betting. To access the golf course, you cannot access the golf course by road apparently. So all of the traffic comes across this river on a suspension bridge. It's the it's the world's longest uh, golf car only suspension bridge. How cool is that? Mm. So everything comes in over this bridge. No, there's no spectator or player entrance to the, the golf course. It all has to come over this bridge from the other side of the resort. Pretty cool. Yeah. Very expensive, I'd have bit, thought. Bit quirky. Quirky. Uh, Barry, you're absolutely spot on. The field is not the best. It's not the best by any stretch. And clearly, Daniel Berger deciding he couldn't get on his private jet or the private jet he was being supplied by his management company hasn't helped the field. John Rahm is the 5-1 to one favourite. Uh, hometown hero, Abraham Anser. When I say hometown, he doesn't. He actually lives in Texas. But anyway, he's Mexican. Um, he's 20-1. to one. Gary Woodland has been backed into 22 to 1, which is the same price as our friend T2 Tony Fee now. A lot of water on this course, so you know my feelings with Tony and water. Uh, Kevin Nahr. This is ridiculous. I mean, what were we backing Kevin Nahr at at the RBC Heritage? Was it 60s to 1, 55, something like that? He's a 28, yeah. 28 to 1 chance with Unibet. He's 20 to 1 with Skybet. What, and you think he's going to be targeting a 7,500-yard par 71? Doesn't feel Kevin Nahr to me, has to be said. No, we know that he, he he likes that kind of jacket to her, doesn't he? He likes mm. Colonial, he likes the Heritages, he likes the Sonys. Yep. Shorter courses. Aaron Wise, we know what Aaron's like. Always great stats, fails to uh, deliver on most situations. He's at 33s with Sebastian Munoz, Chris Kirk... And our old friend Cameron Tringali, maybe Cameron will take uh, he'll take um, inspiration from Xander's three and a quarter year um, <laughs> bleak non-winning 
to uh, Cameron Tringali win his first PGA Tour event and God knows how many events that the guys played. And then you get Patrick Reed. I'm seeing Reed. Uh, sorry, he, he's actually Reed. He's a 30 to 1 chance. Playing up some not so great stuff at the moment. Then we're down to the likes of Todd, Gim, Champ, Howell, Streelman, Matt Jones, Adam Long, Davis, Riley. And as you said, Barry, at the base, well, we've got a few names that we can uh, have a little titter about. Tommy Gain is playing. Robert, Have you seen Robert Garrigus? He wants to play in this um, LIV event at uh, the Centurion in St Albans. Yeah. Does that rejuvenate his career? He's going to be very popular in the media tent this week. I'm sure there'll be lots of interview <laughs> requests for them. Phil Mickelson put his request in yesterday. So that'll go down well. He is playing the PGA in the USO, apparently, Phil. Anyway, that we, we diverge. We've got, we got some crazy names down here. Jeffrey Kang, Jonas Blix, Ricky Barnes, and Paul's best friend, Matt Every, 1,000 to 1. Arjun Atwal's just been added to the field. 1,000 to 1 with Bet365. So, yeah, it's not great. It's one of those where you put your finger in the air and kind of, hmm. I went into yesterday thinking, do you know what? If I could find two or three that I really like, that'd be about it. But as ever, I kind of went a little bit further than that. But do you want to hear who I'm interested in this week? Go for well, it. Well, I've got, Barry won't like the price, but of the guys at the top of the market, I think Gary Woodland, I, I, I think Gary's, Free of injury. I think he's fit. I think he's firing. Um, I mentioned a kind... I know it sounds ridiculous because it's in Mexico on the Pacific coast, but it just, just the visual side of things, there's a lot of water on this golf course. And you just... You look at Gary did in Florida. Fifth at the Honda. Fifth at the Arnold Palmer. Eighth at the Valero Texas Open. He's had a sixth there last year as well. Greg Norman Design at TPC San Antonio. Then you think, what about Barry on? Uh, what about Gary on Paspalum? Well, going way, you know, back to when um, the T, the PGA Tour used to go to Kuala Lumpur, they were pat, they were Paspalum greens over at a TPC Kuala Lumpur. Yeah, second and second, twenty thirteen and twenty fourteen. He was also second at Greg Norman's El Chameleon design, which of course they play in Mexico in November. So it all kind of lines up to me. He, he, in the past, I can remember Gary also going well on these cards. I, I think this is going to be a low-scoring affair. I, I wouldn't say it's not going to go crazy under par, but you could see that kind of typical Puerto Rico sort of 20 under. Yeah. 20, 21 under, that kind of number. It's got a feeling of that kind of alternate event status, hasn't it, without it being so. With just a couple of sprinkles at the top, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think so. I mean, I personally, I would take Gary Woodland at 25 to 1. He's been backed in since I put this up, but I'd put him in at 25 to 1 and say a Chris Kirk at 33 to 1. Mm. That, that was my thinking. Or Patrick Reed at, what is he, broadly 25s, 28s across the market? How, that's like well, a, a lot of people no will say that's a great price in this field for Patrick Reed, but, you know, <laughs> Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed of what, two years ago? Just, since he's gone to PXG, it's all turned to absolute... <laughs> it's just all over the place, isn't it? 
It's a shame. I thought he was going to have a great year. But, you know, this the PXG curse seems to have hit Patrick Reed. It didn't do a lot for Zach Johnson's game, really, when he moved, did it? We won't go on to a, a conversation about PXG golfing equipment. <laughs> so I'm on him. The other one that I... The, the first tip I wrote, and I actually wrote it on Sunday, had a no idea what price we were going to get, was Cam Champ. Because we've said on this podcast for a long, long time with Champ, spotty as you like, can go months with straight missed cuts and there is no hope of anything positive from him. Then all of a sudden, the driver works. We know he's the longest on tour with Bryson. The driver clicks, the driver straightens, and then all of a sudden, in a very short space of time, Champ's game comes together for a couple of events and then completely disappears again. But what also you can say with Cam Champ is... Four professional wins, one on the Corn Ferry, three on the PGA, from 111 pro starts. So he knows how to get the job done. So I was all over Cam Champ after his top 10 at the Masters last time out. I didn't know what price I would get. I saw William Hill put him up at 100 to 1, as I said at the top of the show. That disappeared in about 30 seconds. They realised their mistake. He was third for total driving, fifth for total accuracy, third for greens in regulation, and first for ball striking at Augusta National. So if you're first for ball striking at Augusta in one of the... Well, if not in terms of quality and depth of field for that number of players, the best field of the, of, of the year, and you're first for ball striking that way, you're doing something right, aren't you? Yeah, oh, undoubtedly. So uh, he was 14 T to green. And that's the other thing I've noted with him. Whenever he's won, the week before, he's been outstanding with the driver and good from T to green. And then he can go to the next event, bang, win. So I got up 50 to 1, full eight places with William Hill. Eight places each way on Cam Champ. I'm just checking to see what we've got on Champ right now. Uh, 55 to 1 if you want to take just the five places with Bet365. If you want to take eight or something around that ilk, you won't get better than 40 to 1 now on Cam Champ. 33s if you want the ball sports, 10 places each way. But I like Champ. He's had a top 10 on Passbarl and also at the Maya Cobra event at El Chameleon. And when you read about that and, you know, just having watched golf there a year after, that is not a bomber's golf course. And he said it in an interview. He was second after going into the weekend that particular year. And he said, oh, yeah, I can't really use the drive around here. When you're thinking about expansive fairways, l relatively long golf course, Cam Champ to me, if he can get that driving as good as it was at Augusta, he's got to be a factor. Yeah. I remember when... Um when we were talking about him before, after he won the three 3M Open John, last was year. Was it 3M Open last year, yeah? It was. And um, yeah, he'd finished 11th the week before, or the start before rather, at the John Deere Classic. And that followed a string of, I'm just reading it through, miscut, miscut, withdrawn, yeah. miscut, miscut. So showed absolutely nothing, found something at the John, John Deere, top 11, won the next time out. And yeah. I remember we had this conversation on the pod the, the week after that yeah. and said, next time you see something similar... That's the time to jump on. I'm one hundred percent with you on this. I mean, tenth at the Masters is the best 
performance by any of the field here this week um, in terms of their master's performance. And again, it follows a very similar pattern. Miscut, 67, 61st. Miscut, miscut, 10th at the master's. What's the next one on that sequence? Win. It's a one. Oh, yeah. As I said, four pro wins in 111 outings. That's a decent ratio, isn't it? It's a yeah. damn sight better than Cameron Tringales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another young talent I really like, and I'm not the only one. There's a lot of um, judges and, and um, betters and punters and people in the golf betting community that like this guy, Davis Riley. And I know it's only a sample of two years, but in 2019, uh, the Wells Fargo was in this spot this week, and that was won by Max Homer. And then last year, we had Sam Burns winning the Valspar in this spot at 80-1, to 1, both tour maidens. If I go through this field and just look at a, a rookie or a young player that's likely to get the job done, I would probably put Davis Riley at the top of that list. Because what he did at the Valspar a few weeks ago, where he was head-to-head going down the the last few holes of the back nine with Sam Burns and Justin Thomas, shows you that this kid's something a little bit different. Did not disappear, did not go anywhere. I just like the mix of his game. 48th for driving distance, 61st for driving accuracy. You won't be surprised to hear. He's 8th on tour for total driving. So 8th on PGA Tour for total driving as a rookie tells you where the strength of his game is. And also, if you just look at the birdie average in this field, he ranks 2nd in the field on birdie average behind Chad Ramey. Chad Ramey won the Puerto Rico Open a few weeks ago. That Puerto Rico Open form, I also like that, you know. Paspalum, and if you look at the Puerto Rico course, they play at a Grand Reserve. Mm. I could see a lot of visual similarities to this. That is a genuine coastal course. There are a number of holes that do run along the coastline, but just the it's going to be, isn't it? It's Puerto Rico, the temperature, everything about it, the the agronomy is going to be similar. Davis Riley won his first Corn Ferry event, I think his only Corn Ferry event in Panama. So he's had a first in Panama, 12th and an 18th in Colombia. He got his first top 10 on the PGA Tour in Bermuda. So that, you know, those climbs, just the, the feel of those, that where he's done well fits perfectly. He's also in the top 10 in the Bahamas on a Paspalum golf course. And like I said, he played so, so nicely at the Valspar where he was second. And last week he was fourth with his best buddy, Will Zalatoris at TPC Louisiana. So I managed to get 60 to 1 on Davis Riley with William Hill eight places each way. That's this uh, you can actually get 66s with Unibet if you want to take six places each way of 50 odds. So those are my ones towards the top of the market. Woodland, I've got Cam Champ and I've got Davis Riley. What about you guys in in uh, let, let's hear about you from some of your fancies guys. Well, for me, the only one I've backed in that bracket is Cameron Champ. Um, I, I had a look at a few others. Um, I'm struggling to, to pull the trigger, though. Wyndham Clark, mm. potentially. Yeah, um, I like Hub- Clark. Yeah, Hubbard as well. I mean, he's been playing some nice stuff on the on the Corn Ferry. But um, in my mind, their, their relative chances versus that of Cameron Champ, are they're not comparable. Um, Champ, for me, feels like the best bet on the board this week at the price so um yeah other than other than um one mad outsider which um i'm sure i'm sure we can get to at some point (laughs) 
Do you reckon he's taking the thousand to one, Barry, or has he gone for a few places? No, he's probably requested two and a half thousand to one, three places. <laughs> All right, Spe- listen, I'll, I'll, I'll do Matt every now, so save us going for it later. But um, yes, I've backed him. I've backed him five places each way at a thousand to one. I, yeah. I, I think he can get into the top five. <laughs> Second and seventh in the Mexico Open over the years. He's mm, th- th- third at Mike Cobra as well back in 2012. He's got some good Mexican mm. form. Yeah. And best effort, best result for over a year last time out in Puerto Rico. Um, yeah, he made the cut. So that was his best effort. Um, and I think that would give him the confidence to push on. I watched a po- I, I, I tried to find the podcast before um, we recorded this, but I couldn't find it. I watched a podcast with him on a few weeks back um, where he was talking about how he was focused on getting back to his best form, how, um, you know, a lot of it is about his, his clothing line and stuff that he's doing as well, but how, how he's going to try and be fully focused, fully engaged with um, with his performance on the course. And I, I remember a quote from him years ago where he said that his best, his his best is actually very very good. Um, his worst is poor, really really poor. And if you get anywhere in between, he he doesn't feature. But if he puts four decent rounds together, um, he he contends. Um, he puts one decent round together on Thursday, he could get first round leader. And of course, when those markets fully form, I'll be taking a a dabble on that as well. But um, uh, yeah, I couldn't resist thousand one. Just yeah, just just two for me this week, Champ and Every so far. Go on, Barry. Give me give me some more sensible ones. I um, I, I've I've backed McDowell because he he goes well in Pasbalem, but it's a long course, and I don't know if I'm just at this stage like throwing money after him because I like the guy or what it is, but. Yeah, so he's he's on. I like what you guys said about Champ. So I've joined the party on Champ to well to completely ruin that. So we sink or swim together. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I Gar, Gary again. I don't know. Like I'll I'll decide. I don't need to back Gary for me to be happy if Gary wins. I have enough money. Uh, Gary's won me enough money to last a lifetime. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll see about that. Um, yeah, I'm kind of struggling after that. I don't want to go. It feels like a week to just kind of have a few little f- flutters between the two tours um, with so many unknowns and and see where we land at the end of the week and just just go to next week. Mm. I put Nate Lashley at 100 to 1. I think Nate... He's very, very specialised, Nate Lashley. He won the 2016 Latino America Tour Order of Merit, landing titles in Ecuador and Mexico. But he also has other top five finishes across Argentina, Brazil, Colombia, Panama and Peru. So you could say he's a bit of a South American specialist, couldn't you? All in all, Nate has finished first, third, fourth and eighth an eighth, rather, in Mexico across Latino America and Corn Ferry levels. He won his first uh, Corn Ferry Tour title at the Corrales Championship, which is what they play now on the full PGA Tour. That's Pasquale Cove, of course, in the, on the coast in Dominican Republic. Yeah. And you just look at where he plays, 4th and 15th at Corrales at PGA Tour level, that 15th, he was fourth going into the final round a few weeks ago. 
and eighth and seventh at the Puerto Rico Open, which I mentioned a few minutes ago, Grand Reserve Country Club. Very, This looks very, very close visually to that golf course. When he won the Rocket Mortgage on the PGA Tour in 2019, he shot 25 under. And he did that off of a great performance the week before the US Open when he was absolutely blindingly brilliant with his approach play. Another one of these spotty sorts. And I noticed, uh, was it? I think it was at the Valero before the Masters, he was fourth for strokes gained approach on a golf course that's probably a little bit too long for him. I think he finished in the top 20 or something like that. He then went, I know there was a lot of talk about him at the RBC Heritage where he missed the cut. That's two appearances now at Harbour Town where he's missed the cut. So he clearly doesn't get on with that course. But you just know that he's going to get here and he's going to like the pass Barlam. He's going to like, it's just going back in time when he used to, you know, when he was growing up as an amateur. This is, the, you know, a perfect kind of spot for him. So Nate Lash, the 100 to 1 I took. And then... I was also I was very tempted on Wyndham Clark. I'll put him out there. Clark, I think, is in the top ten of this week's my predictor model this week. I, I don't know about Clark. Second at the, the Bermuda a few years ago, I remember behind yep. Brian Gay. He's the sort, especially when we're saying bombers paradise. Da 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 da. There's something in Clark. I know that he's been backed in. I wouldn't be surprised to see him near the top. For some bizarre reason, and I'm sure this guy will miss the post, uh, miss the cut. I actually went for the postman, JT Poston, who was a very fast finishing third at the RBC Heritage a few weeks ago. Um, he won the 2019 Wyndham. He's seemingly dined out on that a little bit. Um, has done pretty much nothing for a long while. Then he's kind of realised that actually he's going to be playing on the Corn Ferry playoffs if he doesn't back up his ideas. Uh, he shot 10 under at, um, uh, at Harbour Town over the weekend. Just getting a feeling with him. He's a, he's quite a long driver, Poston, and he was top seven for strokes gained tee to green that week at the RBC Heritage, which I've got to say is probably his most famous favourite course. He's a uh, one of these St Simon Island guys, Georgia. Just get a feeling with him. When you look at his record, he plays well in red-hot conditions in terms of humidity and heat. I, I get the... I don't know. I just got a feeling that he might have another good week. 80-1. to 1. Paddy Power 8 plays each one. I've put him up before and he's done absolutely nothing for me. So we'll see what happens this week. So Lashley 100s, Poston 80s, Riley at 60s, Champ at 50s. Woodland at 25s. I also think covering off GMAC would not be a bad shout this week. I was on him at one one or two, one of the Paspalum alternate events and he played okay and then his back went, didn't it? Remember? Yeah. Back, yeah. back yeah. went. He was going yeah. fine and then it all, yeah, I know. Mm. Mm. Maybe, you know, yeah. maybe this is his redemption week. Who knows? And look, at, at the odds, he's, you know, nicely or comfortably over 100 to 1. It's... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a good bet. It's a nice one to be on. That Corrales win, that is a 7,500-yard golf course past 72. So it's not as if he can't win on long golf courses. No, no, with, with the heat as well, it's um, yeah. Yeah. negated to a degree. Yeah, ball, ball's going forever, so, which, he, going which, he, forever. which I think he kind of needs these days. You know, he needs that extra little distance boost, but... Um, mm. Yeah, if he stays healthy, we know he can get. We know he can win on Paspalum. So let's see. Oh god, yeah. I can't. I can't mm. stop making Paspalum sound 
quite posh when I'm saying it. It's just a posh word. <laughs> it's not, it's, that's, that's your Irish rugby background. The Irish rugby, rugby back. watching. Yeah. <laughs> all right, then. I think that's us done, isn't it? Yes. All good. Best of luck, guys. Cheers, boys. You too. Best of luck, chaps. I hope our bets go well. I hope everybody's bets and DraftKings lineups go well. For the listeners, we'll be back next week. Might have a slight issue with recording for next week, um, but we will pull together a podcast for next week uh, covering... What event you've got, Paul? Uh, British Masters at the Belfry next week. Of course, British Masters, and we've also got the Wells Fargo Championship on the PGA Tour. We'll see you again next week. Goodbye. If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf